There are a few words that strike fear into the hearts of any digital marketing professional, quite like the term SEO. Yes, I'm sure you've heard it before. It stands for Search Engine Optimization. It's the deep secret that stands between you and tons of website traffic. And if you want to bring new eyeballs to your website, you got to figure out how to make the search site promote your pages. In this Kim Commando Explains podcast, you're going to learn insider secrets you won't get anywhere else. And if you follow today's tips, you could add thousands, maybe even millions of new viewers to your site. Imagine a herd of buffalo running straight into your website. Except they're people engaging with your content. Maybe they're buying things. They're watching videos, responding to your ads. Sounds great, doesn't it? Now, before we move forward, we have to cover the basics. Simply put, SEO just means how easy it is for Google to find and to use your website. And I say Google because 90% of searches are done through Google's search engine. So here's how the search engines work. When you type something into Google, the search site just scours the web for pages that match exactly what you're looking for. The engine arranges the results in this really neat little catalog. Think of it as an index in the back of a book. In the blink of an eye, you get a list of search results. That page you come across has been meticulously arranged. So let's go over it. At the very top, you're going to find ads. Right below those are paid links. You'll see what's called a knowledge graph. This is Google's way of saying, hey, look at me. I'm pretty smart. I found the answer. It's a small box with text pulling in a result that Google sees as the best answer for whatever you wanted to search for, your query. Next comes the important part. Those are the organic results. And that's exactly where you need to pay the most attention. These are results from the web that show up on the front page. Now, these are not paid ads. The people who created these pages didn't have to pay their way to the front of the line. They took total advantage of SEO. That just means they did a great job of telling Google that their content matches the search better than any other page on the entire internet. If you create online content, SEO is critical. You need to know how to get to that front page. Now remember, SEO is the language that you use to communicate with the search engine. It's you saying, hey, you know that topic that people look for? Well, look at me. Give me a gold star because I have the perfect article for them. So please put me on the front page. Yes. Hugs and kisses, Kim. It is so important to be on the front page of the Google search site. Nobody hardly ever clicks to get to the second page. As a matter of fact, Google found that people are so resistant to clicking on the second search page that had to create an easily accessible box for related questions, right? Yeah, that's why it's critical that you get your articles, all your content on the front page of Google. Otherwise, your potential readers may never find your site. Now, here's a fact that might just blow you away. The top three organic results get over 70% of all the clicks. So even if you are on the front page, you could be losing eyeballs in the results above yours. So by now, I hope I've made it clear to you that it's just super important to make sure that your website pops up on the front page of a search result. But how do you even get to that point? It's simple. You've got to improve your SEO game. Now, this can be difficult to do. Sometimes it can feel like black magic. I mean, you've got to find the perfect combination of words to use. And it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. Like there's a big secret that you're missing out on. Well, you're in luck. In today's episode, we're going to simplify SEO. I'm so excited for this. We're bringing in Steve Weedman. He's an SEO expert who's worked with tons of brands. Think Applebee's, IHOP, Skechers, and a lot more. 
He knows how to launch a brand online, plus how to make any web page a Google magnet that will drive millions in revenue straight to your business if you're lucky. If you work online, this podcast is an absolute must listen. You're going to learn everything you need to know about driving clicks. We're going to share specific strategies you can start using today. So stick around and stay tuned. After this podcast, you are going to be a search engine master. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. Thanks for coming on the show today with us, Steve. And this episode is geared towards anyone who has their own website. We're going to be talking about the magic of SEO, search engine optimization. That, Steve, it's like when you pull back that curtain, what exactly do you see with SEO? That's a great question, Kim. And I know SEO can feel a little bit mystifying. Everyone feels like there's this great fog and a lot of misinformation about you know, what, what you need to do to really appear in search engine results. And uh, I think for small business owners and uh, even those folks in, in larger organizations, you need to think about SEO as, as something that, that they need to nurture to improve how often they appear in Google and Bing and even Amazon and other places that users are looking for what they offer and not just, you know, their, uh, search for them by name. Yeah, because when you start talking about users coming into your website to buy something, to look at a piece of content, whatever it may be, it's all about the money train, right? And so you want to make sure that you're not on page two of Google search results. What do you, What is the percentage of people? Yeah, is it truly a graveyard? I was going to say, like, what is the percentage of people that actually go past the first page of Google re- results? That's another great question. And you know what? It, it varies based on the intent of what they're searching for. If you're searching for a, a product or a service, especially one that's maybe under $100, you're really not going to go beyond the first page. But if you're doing more of a, of a research project, if you're doing a little bit more of an informational query to, to learn and to understand, you might go into even page five, six, seven, right? Depends on, on what you find as uh, the best answer to what you're looking for. I don't know if that answers your question specifically, but I can tell you that uh, from, from our data and looking at, at click-through rates in this free tool that Google offers called uh, Search Console, we generally see, depending on, on the type of query, if, it, if, it's, if it's intent-related where they're looking to, to purchase or they're looking for a service right away, uh, we, we generally see higher click-through rates. Um, and, and that's, you know, because the page is generally on the first page. Yeah. And, and Google did some major changes with search results. It used to be that you type in a phrase and then you'd get some ads at the top and then you'd see some links where you actually might want to click to go find something out. But now Google (laughs) is putting that answer like right on their homepage. Wow. What has that done to SEO? Sure. And, and that's similar to what we just said. If, if the user intent is I'm looking to purchase, they're not going to give a paragraph and say, here's a definition of that product. They're not going to serve that, that um, uh, featured answer, right, for a, a consumer or a commercial type query. 
so I, I don't think it's really affected any of the brands that um, you know that that have uh, been watching those changes. Uh, we do see a lot more of that in informational searches. Your your broader queries that somebody is making that is more informational questions somebody asks. Um, I think it's personally, I think it's fantastic that we're seeing those answers. And yeah, it does affect some of our our um, customers' traffic. But for somebody who's doing research, they're still going to click the link to read the full context. And if we're lucky, they're they're going to find that helpful, and they're going to link to that web page. And when they link to that web page. Uh, as you know, the three factors of search are how relevant your content is to the query, how many and the quality of the links that are coming into your website, and how users are interacting with your listing in the search results. Well, criteria two there, when we're talking about how websites link to you, by by having great content that shows up um, in the search results, yeah, you're not going to get as much traffic from those people looking for a short answer. But for those really doing research, you're still going to appear, you're still going to get clicked on, and you're hopefully still going to earn some links that'll boost your keyword rankings. So overall, for, for you know the, the sites that matter, we really haven't seen a, a negative impact to that. In fact, some of those featured answers are now showing up on voice searches. So we're we're seeing as users are untethering themselves from their phone and using you know Alexa and Google, and mm-hmm. um, they're they're starting to hear our answers now on voice um, queries, and we're getting some good brand awareness out of it. Yeah, and that's that is so fascinating to me. The whole voice activated search and the results. But let's stick with just websites for just a little bit longer. Sure. A lot of people think, well, I have to write this really long piece of content in order to get picked up by Google as a relevant source. Um, Is there a magical length to a blog post that is like, is it 500 words, 700 words, or is it a mixture of images? Is Is there a formula that so to speak, that, that people should follow? I believe there, there are focal points that the writer should follow, but in terms of keyword density and keyword length or, or text length and things like that, that's that's really um, 2005 SEO, right? It's, it's more about making sure that when the visitor hits that page, they find what they're looking for. Now, if you have more long-form content uh, for Google to initially crawl to identify words on the page to test that URL for in their search results, you might see expedited rankings right away. Uh, but in some cases, too much text can be overwhelming, or you know, too long didn't read as it goes. Right. So I, I would I would say what what we've learned to do is is actually perform a search for the keyword we like to rank for. Look at the competing pages that appear on the first you know page of of the search results that you can see what Google thinks its users are looking for and then come up with a better version. The focal points would be making sure you've got rich media on the page. Very few pages still have video. You know, if people are consuming, you know, video content and they like to see graphics and custom graphics, not stock images, but graphics that you created to better explain what you're trying to convey in that post. So c- coming up with unique images and unique video, um, breaking up your paragraphs with bullet points and subheadings, all of those things play a difference in, in the user's read of that page and the uniqueness of the type of content that's available to them. And, and see, there is so much that goes into SEO. I mean, truly there is. Um, over at commando.com, we have, I call her Allie, our amazing content queen, because she is amazing. Right. Uh, and Jeremy's our IT genius. And you know, they go into some certain articles where they know that it will trend, or I, I have a feeling that it will trend. Like you mentioned Alexa. 
Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to set up an Echo show for drop-in, but the instructions on Amazon's website, they don't work. And <laughs> so, right. you, so you start, what happened basically, Steve, is I gave everybody in my family an Amazon Echo show for Christmas. And I thought that this would be a great idea for them to drop in on my 80-year-old mother, right? So they can come in and say hi to mom. And people are having so much trouble. And my family is fairly technical, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my mother sure. was one of the developers of the Unix operating system. So this is like in our veins. Um, right. But I was getting calls from my niece and my nephew saying, what, what do we do with this? Because I'm not really sure how to do it. And then I, I Googled it myself and found that the answer was on Reddit. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. we decided to, I, I said, you know, we ought to write this out, not just for my family, but we should write it out for everybody on the internet who got an Echo Show and started trying to do drop-in and, and, and are missing this critical step that Amazon didn't tell anybody about to enable within your contacts. And so <laughs> we wrote that uh, great piece of content, put some video on it, Jeremy did some keywords with some meta tags on there and we're finding that now it's, it's appearing in Google search results. Now it's discoverable, right? Exactly. And so there is a true art of SEO and every so often I get somebody who will call the show and say, you know what, I was, you know, on the internet and I want to make sure that our website is, you know, visible by Google. And so I found sure. this company and they say that they can make me number one in the Google search results in six weeks. Is that possible? And they want $3,000. How do you answer that? Well, we, we actually address that by creating a, a free guide for businesses. Uh, it's, it's on a site called seoverified.com that we created. And they download this guide and it gives them the questions they need to ask their agencies um, before they start working with them or if they've been working with them and they're not really sure if they're getting the results they want. So it's just, this checklist walks them through questions like, are you addressing security, uh, privacy, accessibility? You know, do, um, do I have ownership of my, my analytics and even of the content on my website? Or, or is that something I lose if I stop working with you? So there's a lot of really helpful tips in, in that guide to help them you know, through that process. But really what they what the, the business owners should be looking for as they start to think about search engine optimization is what words do I need to appear for? Not just, you know, of course, for your products and services, but to show your expertise and, and attract links to your website. So I, I would say I would say focus if if you're a small business and you're thinking about, hey, what where do I get started? You know, look at look at these areas. Number one is going to be technology. Is my website search engine friendly? Can I get with a, a consultant or a strategist and just buy an hour of their time to do a site review or a site clinic with me to make sure that all the, the, the areas that Google's looking for, especially now as they start, you know, like, or continue to really push mobile experience and these things they call core vitals uh, to make sure that we're, we're providing a really fast um, and an efficient experience to, to mobile users. So get that get that technology part done. Uh, two is, is look at our content. What are the pages that we're trying to appear, and what words are we trying to appear for? Who are the competing listings that are appearing for those words, and what makes their pages better? Uh, and then three, where are competitors earning links and getting mentioned, and you know where are people curating their content? Um, you know, pull that information together. There's tons of tools you could use from SEMrush and and Ahrefs, and, and find out really where your industry seems to get visibility, not just for SEO, but 
for referral traffic and brand awareness. And if you're focusing on all three of those areas every month, if you're challenging your marketing team and saying, how are we improving our technical SEO? How did we improve it last month? How did we improve our content? Uh, these core 20 pages that drive the most traffic when we look at our, our web analytics. How are we improving our visibility off the website with mentions and links and so forth? And if every month you're challenging your team around those three areas, you're doing great. And if you want to add a bonus on, you ask your team, hey, how how are we improving our appearance in search results? Are we just uh, a link and a title in the description? Or do we have some frequently asked questions under our listing or a star rating under our listing or a video or image thumbnail in our listing so that we stand out and get clicked on more often? I think those are those are sort of paramount as, as businesses start to think about getting into SEO or talking to an SEO agency. Ask those things. What are you going to do for me every month to improve my tech, my content, my links, and my search appearance? And see, and there is so much to what you just said in those three <laughs> points. I mean, truly, I mean, that could be a course in marketing at NYU or USC for six That's months. That's the course I teach at uh, Cal State Fullerton and UC oh, San Diego. Oh, is it? So. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I'm sitting here, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm feeling like I need to like take this class myself. Um, <laughs> stay right where you are because when we come back, we're going to talk to Steve more about SEO and strategies and maybe some tools and software recommendations that you guys and gals can use in building your own SEO. See, I always like when small business owners that you know exactly how things work so this way you know if somebody's bsing you 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 can say no i'm going to call that card on that so stay right where you are we're going to take a quick break to thank our partners in this podcast because they help make this podcast possible Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're talking about search engine optimization. And Steve, you just gave a whole primer about SEO and these three points. It may have been a little overwhelming for the average Joe who's saying, okay, where do I even start? Is there one essential thing that every small business owner with a website should know and do at this very moment? Uh, well, at this moment, you know, these, these are different times, right? It's not, uh, it's not 2019 where we're all dealing with a lot of things. I think, I think the way that uh, the best advice I can give to business owners right now with, with the shift in, in search behavior and how people are looking for more online solutions than, than, you know, walking down the street and going to a brick and mortar store. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the, the front doors are closed in a lot of businesses and there's not enough delivery requests going out the back doors. You know, restaurants are closing some permanently. Uh, small businesses are really struggling. So what we've seen from an SEO standpoint and how businesses can respond and, and adapt to that and something that they can do for SEO right away, um, I would say the first thing is just letting customers know when they get to the website, how they're addressing the pandemic and, and respectively safety measures because that'll affect search appearance. When somebody clicks on your listing, and they go to your website and it looks the same as it did in 2019. They think, well, either this place is closed or they just are ignoring the pandemic. Um, you know, next thing is, is really adding content to the website that address the shift in how consumers are searching. So if your customers are looking for delivery, takeout, car side, curbside, catering, do you have content on your website to satisfy those? Are you emphasizing those terms in some of your headings and subheadings on pages where somebody might be looking for breakfast delivery and, and so forth? Uh, do you offer outdoor seating, patio seating? 
you know, do you, do you have something to accommodate those folks that are looking for a place they can still go eat outside? If so, make sure that content is available on your website. You know, and and even even better, Google and Yelp have both uh, really you know stepped up their game to help businesses through this time. They've you know they've they've allowed for new fields uh, for businesses to put into the search results so that users know right away whether or not you know they're they're open and what their ever changing hours are, whether they offer delivery or a service business online consultations. Um, I would say, you know, adding photos of the, the staff and the team members in masks, cleaning tables and counters and, and so forth. All of those things right now can benefit SEO because you're, you're helping users know that, that you're, you're putting your business in a position to handle um, your business during a pandemic. And I think that's, that would be at the forefront of any SEO strategy that I'm doing right now. That's all good for if you're a restaurant, but what if you're not a restaurant? Right. Uh, so the pictures and the images and, and so forth are still equally as important. Yeah, I see a lot of attorneys using uh, billboards where they're wearing a mask, you know, and trying that out just so that they, um, they're telling consumers, hey, you know, we, we know what's going on. We're with you. We support you. We're doing all the right things. Um, for businesses that are just kind of getting into SEO, they do a search. If they're brick and mortar, whether they're a restaurant or a, a, a tax attorney, um, they're going to see on a mobile device that the first three listings are generally, uh, you know, ads, maps, and then organic results. And so, of, of course, there is something that you can do in the ad space. Depending on your industry, there's some new ad formats. You know, local service ads, or or what Google's calling their screened ads, uh, are becoming more and more available to different industries. So you can have these beautiful little cards at the top of the search result with your picture on them instead of just the map pack now you can have listings above that on the paid side of things um, it's called local service ads it's easy to get into number two is the maps um, before the organic search results even show up you've got these map listings the four areas businesses can focus on there is one making sure their business data is correct everywhere online two making sure the website or their location pages if they have more than one are telling the same story that they share in google my business or google maps and are as helpful as they possibly can be. Directions, coupons, um, store images from that location. Um, I mentioned some of the, the pandemic stuff. Number three is improving how often business information appears in local and industry directories. So if you're looking at the maps and you're going back to your marketing team again and saying, okay guys, now we need to have rank in maps. Are we in our city directory? Are we in all of the industry directories? How many new directories um, and, and websites did our name, address, and phone number get mentioned in? And the last and maybe most important thing is going to be business reviews. It's, it's funny that you should mention reviews because mm -hmm. that's exactly where I was going to go next with you. Because <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine, he's, he's amazing. His, uh, he's a plastic surgeon. Uh, and he's not your like typical plastic surgeon. He's more of an artist. And he did a lot of cancer reconstructive surgery over the years. He went to Harvard and Stanford and Oxford. And so he's also a brainiac, as you might imagine. And sure. he went off and he started his own practice. Um, and he kept calling me saying, you know, Google's messing with my reviews. One day my reviews are up and one day the reviews are down. And so I kind of walked him through some processes on trying to fix that. And sure. the other the other day when uh, I ran into him, because he's also my next door neighbor, so he was taking his trash out and I was going for a run type of thing. And I said, you know, how are things going? And he said, let me tell you, he said, I am getting so much business from Google reviews. 
And he has about 52 reviews since April. He actually launched at the same time that him and his husband uh, had a son. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you have a child and you launch your own practice at the same time. During the pandemic, I'm okay with that as long as you can handle it. Um, right. But the, how important, I know I can tell you from Randy's perspective, the reviews are totally amazing. And uh, and he's like I said, he's got over 50 reviews and he's always asking people for reviews. But with his business, it's paramount. And when you search him, those reviews pop up. So I have to imagine that the reviews are also important in other businesses as well. Of course. Yeah. And and we mentioned search behavior and search appearance. If you have one star and your competitor has five, you know, who are consumers going to click on? And if click, if click through rates play a role in that, that uh, search appearance and search behavior, uh, criteria for the algorithm, yeah, of course it's going to have a negative impact on you. So what we try to do is, is we, we recommend using a Google Sheet. We list out all of the directories that, that have reviews about our business, whether it's Facebook, Yelp, um, maybe you're an attorney and you're in lawyers.com, Avo, Justia, whatever. Uh, maybe you're in a cosmetic surgery directory and you know, you've, you're in a surgeon rating site. You, you take all of those different sites and you put them in a Google Sheet and then you create a column for every month and you keep track of the, the growth and improvement of all the reviews that you're getting. Uh, of course, you want to make sure you're setting up alerts so when you do get a review, whether it's positive or negative, you're responding to it right away. Because just like that search behavior factor we were talking about, when somebody does click in to look at reviews and they start doing their sorting, they're going to look to see if you're responding and if you're interactive with clients who are unhappy. And they want to see how you're responding, the tone of voice and and how you're trying to you know, resolve issues. If you get all five stars, it, it seems a little suspicious. So it's okay to get you know, four stars and three and a half stars sometimes, as long as you're addressing them. And as long as every month you're looking at the, the quality and quantity of those reviews that you're improving every month. Maybe even start a challenge, internal challenge, and say, hey, we're going to run an incentive program this month. If we hit this many reviews... You know, we're going to throw a, a you know a virtual party. He's virtual now, right? Because we can't do in house yeah, parties. Exactly. Um, that that would be something to encourage every team member to be involved in that process and incentivize them to help grow that reputation online. You know, that's all great advice. Um, I want to talk about the different plugins and services and the importance of backlinks. Uh, but first, we have mm-hmm. to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into more of the nitty gritty of search engine optimization. Hey, welcome back to Tech You Should Know. It's a podcast where we delve into one particular topic so that at the end of it, you're maybe not quite an expert, but you know a lot more than you did before you actually started this podcast. And we've been talking about search engine optimization. And so, Steve, we went through a lot of these specifics. Um, How effective are the different plugins and services for someone who doesn't know much about SEO? It depends on what you mean by plugins and services. Are we referring to um, like if you have a WordPress website and you're exactly. installing some? Yes. <laughs> sure. So I mean, because you know, like my website uses WordPress, and okay. are there specific SEO techniques that we should use compared to a new site that maybe uses a different blogging platform, or maybe uses Squarespace or Wix or something like that? Sure. So. Having worked with WordPress for probably the good part of 
10 years now, uh, I can tell you that there are some really good plugins that help make SEO a little bit easier, but you don't have to follow them verbatim. They're more, they're more of a, a guideline or, or sort of an extra set of hands. The, the most popular, I'm sure if, if you've done anything with, with web, you're familiar with the Yoast SEO plugin. Um, you know, there's a lot of videos that you can watch that will walk you through how to set it up correctly. Um, making sure that you're utilizing all of the fields that these plugins put into your page editors. So when you're creating a page of content, you scroll down to that section and you you add a custom title and description. They'll give you a little analysis to tell you whether or not you're using the keyword that you want to optimize the page for. I wouldn't I wouldn't obsess over that. If you can get your keyword in there, fantastic. If you get it within your content and you create a really compelling, helpful title and description, you're probably still going to do really well. Uh, another plugin that you could use is an HTML sitemap plugin. So that Google has, and Bing and other search engines have sort of a, a keyword rich index of all of your pages. And know most of these plugins like Yoast include something called an XML sitemap, which is just a list of files that you submit to the search engines and say, please crawl these pages. It has nothing to do with rankings. However, with an HTML sitemap, they're going to see all of the different pages on your website with with keywords that define what those pages are about. Sort of like putting a sign above the door saying, when you walk through this door, this is what you're going to find in the room. So having that HTML sitemap is a great way to, to give Google a keyword-rich index of all of your pages and to help pass some of that, that great link value you know, through them. So we've got the Yoast plugin I mentioned, the HTML sitemap plugin that you might want to use. And as we start getting more serious about page speed, you might look at more caching tools like W3 or W3 uh, Total Cache. Um, then there's, um, uh, I don't know, there's a number of them. You can go to the plugin library and look for um, caching and speed optimization. Services that you could use um, that would really speed up your website. Um, I'm using StackPath quite a lot now. I'm finding my clients using StackPath. It's a content delivery network. So instead of your website having to travel across the country from your web server to the, you know, the visitor's computer, instead it's going to serve the most local file from the local cloud server in the area where your user is at, a cached version of it anyway. So it allows for your site to load much faster than it would if you didn't have it. Another one would be Cloudflare. You know, before we, we before we leave the speed, that is so important. How fast your website loads? Um, what is your what is your like baseline on how fast a page should load? Sure. Uh, well, it's a, it's a variable based on the user intent. If I'm looking, you know, for art gallery content, I know the page is going to take a while to load because it's high quality imagery. But if I'm looking for a a fast answer to a problem. I'm probably not going to wait for a page to load more than three seconds. Gary Isles of Google, the trends analyst, did some research and told us uh, at a summit a few years back that um, most users don't wait more than two seconds. They need two seconds to find what they need and they leave. Wow. So if your page isn't loading in under two seconds, a competitor could, you know, could flank you in the search results and move up above you and steal some of your traffic. So you want to you want to work to a, a place where you can get your page down to under two seconds if possible. And I'd mentioned StackPath and Cloudflare. Both of those tools allow you to uh, deliver your content faster and more efficiently because they optimize and, and minify some of the, the scripts that take a long time to load. Another thing that, that, use, that I've seen a lot of, of webmasters do is use Google Tag Manager to have all these great Facebook pixels and things that they load up on their website. 
centralized in one place and load asynchronously. So it loads all at once instead of one script, now the next script, now the next script, you know, and five seconds later, your site's finally loaded and the user left, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, you know, using a Google Tag Manager allows you to, you know, to put all of your scripts in one place and, and helps make sure that your page loads a little bit more uh, efficiently. You know, I'm I'm so blessed that I have uh, a Jeremy who's running our site. And so when you're talking about these different tools, I'm like, yeah, we're on that. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> yeah, we do that. Um, let's talk about links, because if we go back many years, it was always thought that mm-hmm. if you had the most credible links going to your website, that you would have you would have higher presence inside Google search results pages. Mm-hmm. And a credible source would be like. Fox or CNN or USA Today or some something else like that. Is sure. that still the case? Uh, yes. Yeah. Links are still a very important part of, of uh, you know, the search algorithm, especially with Google. And, you know, there's, there's a, there's a different, there's a different way that Google is qualifying links. Every year it feels like as they update their algorithms, they get smarter and they're filtering out more of the, the spam and the garbage and the unhelpful links um, you know, Larry Page created this whole page rank algorithm based on, on you know, the the votes from other websites. So we look at three criteria when we're when we are putting a link strategy together and and how we want to earn the track links. One, um, are we going to get referral traffic, quality referral traffic from this link? Um, that's a criteria. If if we're, if we're not, then you know, um, are we at least getting brand awareness? That's number two. If, if we're gonna if we're gonna get a link. And uh, but it's on Yahoo News and it has nothing to do with, you know, our business. It just has something to do with an interview or something. Um, There's still a great potential for brand awareness. And that page is probably going to attract links of its own, which is with criteria number three is making sure when we're looking at a page and really asking ourselves, is it likely that this page is going to attract links of its own over time? Or is it just on some subdirectory of some directory that no one ever uses? Or, or a blog comment that no one's going to scroll down to. So if you look at those three criteria of, you know, is is this going to send good quality referral traffic? Is it going to help build brand awareness because it's on a page that gets a lot of traffic? Or is it likely to attract links of its own? If you if you look at those three things, it makes link earning a little bit um, a little bit more simplified, and you don't have to worry as much about hey, let's just buy a bunch of links from bloggers. You know that that's just, that's passe. Right? We don't do that anymore. Exactly. Um, listen, we're running out of time, but you mentioned your free guide. Can you give us more information about that again and where people can find it? Sure. Yeah, that, that website is seoverified.com. And it's uh, it's completely free and it, it walks you through several um, sort of basic questions you'll want to ask your SEO agency, as well as some internal things that you can look at on your own website and, and see where some of the opportunities are to improve you know, core factors, like I'd mentioned earlier, accessibility and speed and, and those sort of things. So did you have a chance to look at my website? What are we doing wrong? Is there anything we could be doing better? I will definitely send you a list of things I think you can be doing better. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> For sure. Yes, yes. We always want to learn. You know, it's uh, if you were in one of our now Zoom group meetings, is that I have a saying, uh, and every time I say it, Stephen, everybody in the Zoom call or when we used to do it in person would sit there and they would have that groan like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just said that again. And I will look at the team when we start talking about goals and new projects and I will say to them, remember, if you don't innovate, you will evaporate. 
And that's when everybody, nice. oh no. <laughs> or the, or the other one is, the other one is uh, teamwork makes the dream work. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we use no. that. We use that here internally too, but it's is more of a fun thing just to get people to laugh. I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Steve. Great job. We learned a lot about it. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate it. It was nice to meet you. So you've learned all about SEO. Hopefully now you feel confident to go ahead and start attracting new visitors. But don't forget, above all else, you have to prioritize relevancy. What's that? Well, Google uses over 200 factors to determine what's relevant to each search. Yeah, it pulls in a ton of data from your site as well as your competitor's site, all to find the best results. Well, now that you've learned how to tweak your pages to become relevant to Google searches, let me tell you about one other thing to look out for. You also want to be useful. Think about the experience a person has when they go to your page. How easy is it for them to find the answer to the question that they just Googled? I mean, most people won't stick around if they can't find the answer easily. So make sure you don't bury the lead. Potential readers want an answer quickly. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to click away and give their time and money to the next website. But you can fix this by improving your pages. The bottom line, you need to make sure that your online content is simple for people to read and understand. Drop the purple prose. Let me give you an example. Think of online recipes. You Google a dinner recipe, you click on a link. Have you ever searched for the instructions only to find the six paragraph biography? Ugh, so annoying. Instead of just giving me the ingredients and the instructions, they write down this whole dissertation about their day and how they love this recipe because they used to make it with their mom back in Romania or wherever it was. It's super common to do this. Why? Because it gives them more advertising space, but it kills your experience as a reader. I mean, be honest, when you see the writer talk about their favorite childhood dinosaur and their happy memories with a tuna casserole, are you really going to stick around or you just switch to a site that actually gives you what you need? I know I've done that. When I'm in the kitchen, I want to find a recipe quickly. And if you don't cough up the goods, I'm gone. Now apply the same idea to your business. You want to make sure that your readers are getting what they want immediately. And hopefully with today's podcast, you're going to be able to give your readers what they need. Plus, by applying the techniques that we taught you, you can now attract more readers than ever before. So are you ready for a new army of eyeballs to boost traffic to your site? I bet you are. And thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. And I also want to thank our expert, Steve Weedman, for popping in today and sharing his expertise. We all learned a lot. And I also got to give a big shout out to the mighty Mike James. He's truly a master of all trades, the wizard behind the curtain who keeps the show's magic alive. And thanks also to Serena O'Sullivan, who gets a big gold star for scripting this podcast. Well, I'm about to check out my own site. I know I have some SEO work to do. I know that. And just a quick reminder, this is not the Kim Commando radio show podcast. To get that, just head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. I'm Kim Commando, SEOing out. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. 
the professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.